Good morning. God's on the move. And he's got something for you. And it's good. I got started on a a passage that I just read through. In fact, I was reading it through just to read it in a different translation. I read it through the Passion Translation. And I've meditated on that for at least two weeks, maybe longer. And uh, it's an interesting passage, and it starts out with, uh, Angie alluded to it a while ago. You can read it in Mark, you can read it in John, or Matthew and John. But there's a big crowd. And Jesus tested the disciples, particularly Phil and Pete. He, re- he really he called them out. And they failed the test. Like I have so many times, and maybe you have when you see something and you say, well, yes, but. Jesus said, uh, I tell you what, dude, just have them sit down. Let me handle this. And I think that's a pretty good word for all of us. That we need to believe him. But we need to look to Him. And we need to believe that He is who He says He is. And if He's not, we're wasting our time here this morning. He is who He says He is. And He will do what He says. I mean, if we just, we could just read the songs we played, the words this morning. He's a God that's more than enough. He fed the 5,000. He said, guys... Pick up the scraps. He's in the leftovers. Twelve baskets full, one for each disciple. God, just so you all get this picture, there's enough. Jesus said, I think I'll go pray, and he left them. You know, the disciples got tired of waiting. They finally got in the boat and started rowing back across that lake. I believe it's seven miles across there. Your arms get tired rowing a boat. Of course, there's 12 of them. You know, that's a big boat. It gets dark. Something's walking on the water. Come on. He's coming. It may be dark in your place. He maybe hadn't showed up, but he will. He always does. He showed up. That's the sixth chapter of Mark. The next day, people that had been there, they followed him. There's something about this guy. We just, we got to find out more about him. And they said, the first thing they asked Jesus, how'd you get here? We saw the disciples just had one boat, and you didn't go with them. How'd you get here? You know what? He never did answer their question. He, he gave them more or less a question. And let's start reading in uh, John chapter 6. And I'm about to the end of it instead of the start. Verse 25. 
They said uh, in 25, Teacher, how'd you get here? And Jesus replied, Let me make this very clear. Let's get it on the record. You came looking for me because I fed you by a miracle, not because you believe in me. Every one of us has got something we wish God would do for us. We're and it's okay. We're believing him for it. But if every time you saw me coming to you, I'd just say I need 20 bucks or I need 100. Every time I came, you know what you'd say? Well, here he comes again. That's why we need to learn to worship him. We need to bless him. He wants to meet our needs. He doesn't get tired of hearing us cry out. But he loves for us to worship him. To worship him. And he, he told them that. He told them. Why would you strive for food that is perishable and not be passionate to seek the food of eternal life which never spoils? I the Son of Man am ready to give you what matters most. For God the Father has destined me for this purpose. He was making it very clear to this group. Listen, God doesn't, doesn't mind questions when you have honest questions. But when you give him an ultimatum, uh, you've made a big mistake. I, the Son of Man, am ready to give you what matters most, for God the Father has destined me for this purpose. And they replied, So what should we do that we can work the works of God? We all want to be part of his kingdom. We should say, God, what's my place? Angie, just ask you. Ask him for a word. What should, how do we work the works of God? And listen, there's more people busy trying to do something for Jesus than there is worshiping Jesus. Religion is full of people that they think they've got to do something to please him. Well, we ought to do things. But we ought to want to do it because we want to, not because we have to. He said, here's how you work the works of God. You believe on the one whom the Father has sent. He said, believe on me. He spoke very clearly to that group. There's three groups of people I really want to talk about. And they're all, now they're all Jewish people, okay? They're all, all Jewish people. So that, that's the first group. The second group, uh, move over to verse 41. This is, uh, well, you'll figure out who they are. When the Jews who were hostile to Jesus came to him, when they heard him, say, I'm the bread. There's a lot about bread in this message today. Started out with bread, feeding him. Now he's telling them he's the bread of heaven that came from heaven, they immediately began to complain. How can he say these things about himself? We know him. We know his parents. How dare we say, I have come down from heaven. Listen, your friends, when you say, no, I'm not doing that anymore. I've, I've become a Christian. I'm going to church. I'm, I'm working, following Jesus. You know what to say? Come on. We know who you are. You can't do that. 
You're from Skytook. Well, maybe even Maven. I started school in Avent. Avent's okay. But people look at us that way. They looked at Jesus. He can't be anybody. We knew his mom and dad. That's the old carpenter son. I mean, we've got to get these stories in the context where they happen, but how do they fit today? I'm telling you, they'll fit today. You know what he told them? Stop your grumbling. Verse 43, the only way people come to me is by the Father who sent me. He who pulls on their heart and their hearts to embrace me. Somebody's never going to get saved if God doesn't call them. But he's not willing to any should perish. Jesus continued, it's been written by the prophets. They'll all be taught by God himself. If you're really listening to the Father and learning directly from him, you'll come to me. I am the only one who has come from the Father's side, and I have seen the Father. I mean, he's telling them some things very straight. You know, sometimes God will speak so straight to you, he'll offend your mind to expose your heart, particularly if you're religious. I'm the one. He, he just lays this all out. I speak to you the living truth. Unite your heart to believe in me. You'll experience eternal life. I am the true bread of life. Your ancestors ate man in the desert and died, but standing here before you is the true bread that comes out of heaven. And when you eat this bread, you will never die. I'm the, I am this living bread that has come to you from heaven. Eat this bread and you'll never and you will live forever. The living bread I give you is my body, which I will offer as a sacrifice so that all may live. I really want to go through this passage because if you're like me, I've read it so many times and wondered what he was really talking about and some of the things he's getting ready to say here. Verse 52 these words of Jesus sparked an angry outburst among the Jews. They protested, saying, Does this man expect us to eat his body? Well, that's what he said. Say revelation. Don't we need revelation? Jesus replied to them, Listen to this eternal truth. Unless you eat the body of the Son of Man and drink His blood, you will not have eternal life. Eternal life comes to the one who eats my body and drinks my blood, and I will raise him up in the last days. Now listen, I've read this in more than one translation, and it says the same. This is just a little quicker read. For my body is real food for your spirit, and my blood is real drink. The one who eats my body and drinks my blood lives in me, and I live in him. What does he mean by that? What is the interpretation of that? How does that apply in our, our lives 
And let me give you, I believe, the best definition I, I've read about it. To eat his flesh is to take by faith all that Jesus did for us by giving his body for us. Did he not give his body for us? We're going to take communion this morning. It, it says, you know, we need to judge rightly. To eat his flesh is to take by faith all that Jesus did for us by giving his body for us. To drink his blood is to take by faith all that the blood of Jesus has purchased for us. We taught on blood the other Wednesday night. We taught on prayer last Wednesday night. And I, well, I asked the question when I've asked it before, which is greater, your sin or his blood? His blood is greater. His blood is greater. It covers us. We need his blood. That's the second group. That's the religious group. The third group starts with verse 60. When many of Jesus' followers heard this, it caused a stir. That's disgusting, they said. How can anyone accept it? Without anyone telling him, Jesus knew they were outraged and told them, Are you offended over my teaching? What will you do when you see the Son of Man in ascending into the realm where he comes from. He said, you think this is hard. What are you going to do when you're standing there watching me ascend? He said, "There's listen, there's a natural life and there's a spiritual life. Jesus was both. But yet he lived in a human body uh, just as we do. Then he gives them an answer. It's one of the great, all the verses are, are great, but this is a real great one. The Holy Spirit is the one who gives life. That which is of the natural realm is of no help. The Spirit gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The things that we just do because we think it's a good thing to do versus the things to be led by His Spirit is what counts. And it, it, it's a battle. When you get saved, the Holy Spirit lives within you, but He doesn't always have control of us. We won't allow Him to. He lives within you. But that Spirit gives life. I challenge you to, to meditate on that verse. Read it in two or three different translations. Get, get that meaning in you. He says it is the Spirit that gives life. And over in verse 66, So from that time on, many of the disciples turned their backs on Jesus and refused to associate with Him. I mean, he had many following him around. He fed 5,000. He began to lay out some things. And they, they, a lot of them give it up. They spit the bits out. There's a price to be paid to follow Jesus. 
Jesus said to the twelve, And you, do you also want to leave? Peter spoke up and said, But Lord, where do we go? No one but you gives us the revelation of eternal life. There's revelation again. We need revelation to understand the word. And you'll never have it. Godly revelation apart from the Holy Spirit. The Spirit gives life. The flesh profits nothing. You're the one who gives us revelation of eternal life. We are fully convinced that you are the anointed one, the son of the living God, and we believe in him. We believe in you. Are you fully convinced? You're fully convinced he's the son of God? Are you fully convinced uh, he does what he says? Are you fully convinced that what he's written is true? Why do we worry? Why do we fret? I'm sure Philip and Peter were trusting and walking in everything they knew. And he said, okay, guys, feed these 5,000. See, God always gives us something to stretch us. And some of you are being stretched right now. You're in a crisis going into one or coming out of one, or there's one brewing. And it's learning to trust Him. It's easy to trust Him when the bank account's full. I tell the pastors, I go to the pastor's meeting, I said, you ought to act like you had the biggest crowd and the biggest offerings you ever had last Sunday. Well, you can act like. You can believe God is meeting your needs. That's, that's greater. El Shaddai, the God that is more than enough. He is bigger than your situation. And he's got you in a situation. And we get in situations we don't like. But if God can put up with it, surely we can. When you decide that God's in that with you, because, see, we panic when we think, I've got to feed 5,000. I can't feed 5,000. But if I'm connected to him, I'm in covenant with him, that means everything he's got's mine. He said, I meet all your needs according to my riches in glory. He says, I've given you already, according to uh, Peter, everything you need that pertains to life and godliness. He's got you in a predicament to get you to trust him. It may be to change your mind. He confronted the religious people because he's trying to change them. Who crucified? Who had Jesus crucified? It was a religious group. It was the group that could have quoted you probably the first five books of the Bible and probably a a lot of the Psalms. And they told Pilate, well, it's against our law. We can't have him. We can't crucify him. But we want you to. That's what they were saying. I mean, they wouldn't. It's okay if I don't do it, but if I can manipulate you to do it, it's okay. 
I mean, now that's religion at its best. They're the ones that had Jesus crucified. Lord, we need revelation. Say, I need revelation. See, see, see the three groups. One group says, Jesus, how do you get here? They were following him because he'd fed them. And when he began that teaching about he was the bread of life, that religious group left him right there. That's contrary to the law. That third group, a lot of his followers, he calls them disciples, left him. The twelve didn't, but a lot of them did because of the test, because the Word demands things out of us. It, it stretches us, but it's for our good because He's working in us to will and work for His good pleasure. Revelation. Who taught Abraham? God had to some way, didn't He? I mean... Abraham wrote the first five books after walking with God for years. Who taught Moses? Who taught David? They got a lot of revelation. David became a worshiper out just tending the sheep, out there being by himself. It's good to get by yourself. God will get you by yourself. He'll get you in a place where your friends can't help you. And we'll... We'll cry out to Him. We need that godly revelation. The, these men, Abraham, Moses, David, they got revelation and they believed God. The disciples, after the Lord's Supper, I mean, Jesus is about ready to leave. The last night, after the Lord's Supper, the Word of God says this, And there arose also a dispute among them, the twelve, as to which one of them was regarded as to be the greatest. Now that's, that's the flesh. The Spirit's willing. The flesh is weak. The Spirit gives life. The flesh profits nothing. You would think that Walking with Jesus for three and a half years, they would have had some of that figured out. They've just had the last meal. He's just washed their feet. I'm going to be greater than you. No, I'm going to be greater than you. See, that is human nature. That's that old Adamic nature of Adam's that we were all born with. That sweet little... Harmless baby back there was born with that spirit because he got his daddy's bloodline. Because it comes through, that's the way it comes. We inherit it. But we've only Jesus, only the Holy Spirit can give the revelation that we need to be a follower of Jesus. Only the Holy Spirit can reveal to us what happened with the body of Christ, the value in that for us today. What value is His blood to us today? How do we 
eat his flesh and drink his blood. We do it by spending time with him. We can study all we want to and study's good. We need to pray. Prayer's good. We need to pray. But there's just a time we just need to Get quiet before God. Just let Him speak to us. Give us that revelation. What about the Apostle Paul? You talk about a man that had to change. See, he was a Pharisee. He was just like those that killed Jesus. He had all that education. That's why it says when Jesus appeared to him, he fell down like a dead man. For three days and three nights, he didn't eat or drink anything. I can imagine the process that's going on in his mind spinning. I mean, he knew what the law said. I'm, I'm doing what's right. I'm killing these Christians. And Jesus said, why are you persecuting me? He met the man. That took for three days. Then when the man prayed over him, the scales fell from his eyes. Lord, let the scales of religion fall from our eyes today. The areas we don't see and understand and believe you in. That we'd see your flesh, your body was given for us. Lord, we bless you. We honor you. Originally, there was two trees in the garden. A tree of knowledge and a tree of life. You can live on the tree of knowledge. And you die a natural man. But if you live on the tree of life, you're eternal. Jesus is the tree of life. He's eternal. The Spirit gives life. The flesh profits nothing. Last night, late, I was just going to pray a little bit. And the Lord just began to give me some things. And you know, he, he will do that. And there's times I pray that he doesn't give me something. I'm not saying he does every time. But just sometimes he does. And it's not always even in prayer. And I read a word this morning in a devotion that talked about the word repression. Repression. I looked up the definition to be sure I was understanding it right. I thought I had it written down here, but I guess I don't. But maybe you're in a difficult, desperate situation. David got in some desperate situations. David, as a young boy, was pretty famous. Killed Goliath, began to lead all the armies of God. Led Saul's army. They come back said, Saul's killed his thousands, David his ten thousands. He was somebody. And then yet something, a jealous spirit got on Saul and he began to hunt David. And David ran from his life. He hid. I read Psalms 142. And it was David, some of his prayers in a cave. Oh God. About every verse was, oh God, I'm desperate. I'm sunk if you don't come through. You may be like that this morning. 
You need him to come through in your situation. You can see, if you look at this right, God raised him up, and then God allowed Saul to chase David till there wasn't anything like Saul in David. He ended up saying, God said, he's a man after my own heart. But See, can you believe God would allow the greatest king over Israel was David? Would you believe he'd allow him to be a hunted man living in a cave, knowing that if Saul found him, he'd kill him? But yet God took him through that process. Let me tell you, every one of us are in a process of some kind right now. Paul wrote in Galatians 4.19, he said, I must labor over you until the image of Christ is formed in you. The Holy Spirit is working in each one of us to build Christ in us. Do you think he won't finish what he starts? It's just better to give up. To just say, Lord, I, I surrender all to you. David hid in a cave. Do you read Proverbs today? I read Proverbs 4, Solomon's writing. You know what he said? He said, my daddy, David, taught me. Acquire wisdom. Acquire understanding. Call wisdom your sister. Understanding your best friends written in another proverb Solomon talked about things his daddy taught him David the man that hid in the cave that become the greatest king but there's been a time you'd have looked at his life and he didn't look like the greatest king he looked like he'd served his time let me share a couple of other scriptures with you here 1 Peter 2.24. She'll put that on up for us. It says, He Himself, Jesus, bore our sins in His body on the cross so that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. For by His wounds you were healed. I heard a story years ago and it, the man said, uh, I saw... In the story, he saw, he thought Jesus coming. He had a big pack on his back. And he said, Jesus, is that the sins of all the world you're carrying? And he said, no, son, that's just yours. But that's not a scriptural story, really, because that verse says, he carried our sins in his body on the cross. There's power on the cross. Why did they have to be eternalized in Jesus Christ? Why did he carry our sins inwardly? See, his spirit and soul had never been defiled. He never sinned. 1 Corinthians 5, 21 is a good answer for this. There would be others. He made him who knew no sin, to be sin on our behalf so that we might become the righteousness of God in Him. He made Him, Jesus, who knew no sin, to become sin 
And our righteousness, his righteousness got put on us. He became sin. We became righteous. To, that's why those sins had to be internalized some way in him. He carried them. That sinless, spotless lamb became contaminated with sins of all mankind. He died for everyone. But everyone won't be saved because they have a will. God won't violate your will. And yet sometimes seems like he does. I think he did in Paul's case. God works in everybody's life in a different way. But he's working in, in your life to will and work for his good pleasure. And if you're not filled and led by the Holy Spirit of God, you'll not eat his flesh or drink his blood. You can't do it. You won't do it. See, he's calling us to more than just say, I'm saved. He wants you to know him. He wants you to know about him. He wants, he wants to reveal his plans to you as you need him. And I, I just challenge you in this today. Memorize that verse 63. Whatever your favorite translation is, memorize it in that. The Spirit gives life. The flesh profits nothing. Ask Him for revelation in that. Ask Him if you're eating His flesh and drinking His blood, what that really means to you. It's more than just coming to church. That's why we want to meet with Him. Now, your mama might have had you baptized when you were a kid, but did you really come to know Jesus or not? See, we, we've got to allow Him to work and will in us to do what He wants to do. And I just challenge you in that today. He started out with bread, feeding the 5,000. Then He began to talk and explain Himself to the people. I am the bread of life. I ask you this morning, where are you at in the process? Have you accepted Jesus Christ as the Son of God? Is your name written in the Lamb's book of life so when life's over, he'll say, no, he's one of mine. He doesn't go to hell. He's one of mine. Are you a disciple? Does your life verify that Jesus Christ lives in you? That's my question. So let's stand. We're going to worship Him. Facebook, worship God with us. I challenge you with these things today. If you need to come to Jesus this morning, come to Him. He is who He says. He will do what He says. He's got a plan and purpose for your life. You are somebody as far as He's concerned. I challenge you just to come to him this morning. Well, I've already been filled with the Spirit. Listen, you'll be filled many times because we leak. Come let him fill you fresh and anew with his Spirit.
Come let him fill you fresh and anew. Lord, we bless you. We honor you. Come bow to him this morning. Say, Lord, I, I want to eat your flesh and drink your blood. I want to understand all you've done for me on the cross. You didn't go to the cross because you didn't have something else to do that day. He went to redeem mankind. He had you on his mind when he was on the cross. Lord, we bless you and honor you this morning. Just come. Turn the music up a little more. Just come, Lord. I pray that's the Holy Spirit you sense is drawing you. Don't wait till after church and say, well, I wish I'd have went to more this morning. It's all about Jesus. He wants to take your life and do with it what He's got planned and purpose for you. Read Psalms 139. I promise you, He loves you. We bless you, We exalt you, King Jesus. Holy Spirit, more. The Spirit gives life. The Spirit gives life, Lord. Let your Spirit, Lord, fill. Holy Spirit says this is the will of God, not to be drunk with wine to be filled with the Spirit of God. Holy Spirit, a fresh filling in this house today. Lord, that we can stand before you with no guilt, no fear, no condemnation. We just bless you, Lord. We bless you, Lord. Is he not welcome? Make him welcome, see, in your in you. You're his house. You're his temple. More, Lord. More. More of your presence. More of your spirit. We exalt you, Lord. We exalt you. Oh, there's more than five or six. We Whosoever will may come. I'm not asking you to join an organization. I'm asking you just to press into the kingdom of the Lord Jesus Christ. The King of all kings and Lord of all lords. We bless you. We bless you.
if the ushers would bring the communion. We're going to partake of his flesh and his blood this morning. I kept, as I said, I've read over the passage for a couple of weeks. I've turned me off. Some of you did earlier, but. I thought, we really need to take communion with this. We're talking about the bread of life. This is the bread of life. David, come pray over the bread. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. This broken crackers represents your broken body, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you gave your life, you gave your body to be broken at stripes were laid upon your back the blood came forth until that body was completely dead you died for us that we could have life that we could have your life Lord the Bible says he that has the son has life so we as we partake this morning we realize that this is a covenant your body was broken for us in that covenant your blood was shed and we thank you for it now Lord as we partake Jesus whisper 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 in my see the word says for I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you that the Lord Jesus in the night in which he was betrayed took the bread we call it the last supper and when he had given thanks he broke it and said this is my body which is for you do this in remembrance of me we'll partake of this representing his body believing Remembering what his body did for you. He carried our sins in his body on the tree. So that we being dead to sin and made alive unto Christ. And that by his stripes we were healed. You can be healed. Partaking of his body. Vicki, I pray healing for you in this. Believe it. Partake of him this morning. I give my flesh to you. Eat my flesh. Understand what it means to understand all He has done for us through His body. The sacrifice, the spotless Lamb for all mankind was Jesus Christ. Everybody be served. Lord, we thank you now. In Jesus' name, we partake of your body.
pray you get some revelation this morning. You have something you want to declare. And you'll get finished. And you come and pray over the blood this morning. Lord, we do thank you for the blood. We thank you the blood that cleanses and washes us. Lord, we just are so grateful. It protects us. It washes over us. It saves us. But there's power in that blood. And as we take this, as it's representing your blood, that the power of God that is, was in you, it is in us. And Lord, we just receive that this morning. In Jesus' name, we recognize what we have within us. We recognize it. That we're not, you didn't leave us here powerless. But we have you in us. And God, we're so grateful. We just bless you and thank you for it. In Jesus' name. Thank you for the blood that was shed for us. For eternal life that you give us. Eternal life. Lord, we bless you. Our bodies may die, but our spirits live forever with you because of the blood. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. In the same way, he took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Now, they'd had the Old Covenant. We have an Old Testament and a New Testament. That's an Old Covenant and a New Covenant. He said, I'm making a New Covenant that's going to be based on my blood. They didn't understand at that time because they were used to seeing animal sacrifice. But what he was saying, after my crucifixion, you won't need the animal sacrifices. I am the Lamb of God, the ultimate sacrifice. This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as oft as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as oft as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Therefore, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup in an unworthy manner shall be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. What that means, don't underestimate the value in the body and the blood of Jesus. Don't just, that's why we don't do it every week, I guess, because I don't want it to be just a ritual. I want it to be special to us that we're proclaiming his death until he comes again. You take the cup in your right hand Jesus is the right hand of God. Lord, we thank you for the blood. The blood you shed for us. Thank you that there's power in the blood. Lord, I decree there's life in this service because your spirit's here. You give life to our bodies and we partake of the blood in Jesus Christ's name. Jesus prayed it years ago. Anyone have a declaration you want to make? Men's a good time to decree something over your family. Lord, I, 
Rob, I decree God's working out the things you need in your life, whether it's health, business, whatever it is, your kids, your extended family. I decree that over you. I decree that over my family. I decree that over my church family. We'll walk in what God has for us. We won't look back and say, oh, I wish I would have. I'm glad I chose to walk with God. Someone else. Any others? What, wait a minute. I can't hear you. I just decree and declare that the enemy is trying to do some tricks with my photography business, and I just claim God's blood over it, and that they have no power to do anything that God isn't able to do bigger and better. Amen. You're, you're the woman in uh, Luke 18 that cried out. She, she cried out to an unjust judge. You're crying out to the living God. I tell that enemy to get his hands off Terry's business and her life in Jesus' name. I decree as Joshua did at the end of his days, you know, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord that my generations to come will be broken and won't turn away from him. I bless all these young ladies that are with us today. And these young men. Anyone else? <laughs> I just have a verse. It's, it's, it's really spoke real loud to me through this week and, and through some events yesterday. It's one we've read and, and we've heard. It's Isaiah 26, verse 3. 4 is good too. This is, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Trust in the Lord forever. For in Yah, the Lord is everlasting strength. Anyone else? Amen. Amen. Lord, we thank you for the day. Come on, let's just thank him. Offer him praise and thanks. Believe that he's done something in you today. Believe you've got something to take with you. That the spirit gives life. The flesh profits nothing. But you're living on Jesus. And I bless you in his holy name. Amen.